welcome back to the thrill of driving podcast now we got plenty of really cool comments from you guys on our first podcast which was part 1 of our best of 2021 series a lot of y'all also said that this podcast should be renamed as uh, talking to the boss man so <laughs> boss man adil darukhanawala welcome back to the thrill of driving podcast uh, we'll think of calling this you uh, know talking to the boss man and all that later on but the first podcast was on the best cars of 2021 the best sedans the best small cars and the best small suvs today we are going to dive into what is the meat of the market and those are suvs other before we talk about the best suvs suvs as a trend do you see that continuing do you see that booming this is a worldwide phenomenon and it's only going to grow there's a reason for it because the xuvs by their build and the driving position and what not exude a lot of strength strength denotes confidence mm. in safety and what not psychologically and otherwise as well so that sort of thing is going to proliferate i will only give one small example which illustrates how the suv trend changed in the minds of consumers porsche was predominantly a maker of great sports mm. cars the 911 and what not and then they came in with the cayenne and everyone thought it was really porsche damaging the breed so sacrilege it was sacrilege so but look at it today i not just today just about within a couple of years of the cayenne coming in it transformed everyone's opinion about where and why suvs would have a place it's just that that rolling stone has gathered so much mm. moss that every manufacturer worth his or her name has to have a sizable chunk of models in their portfolio which purport to be suv type of vehicles now when i say suv type of vehicles here in india apart from the thar Mm. which is a 4x4 and the gurkha wonderful car anyway on its own hardcore thing all of the others are pseudo suvs in the sense they are front wheel drive only and what not but the form they pack is the suv sort of a form and i think that uh, helps in the minds of many consumers also given the way our roads are configured the extra ground clearance also plays its role both uh in practical uh, use and also psychologically yeah so before we get into the suv that we're going to talk about let me remind you that if you enjoyed this podcast give us a thumbs up if you're watching this on the evo india youtube channel you can share it with like minded enthusiasts this is also out on all the podcast channels on spotify on apple podcast on google podcast everywhere so you can also listen to it on your commute to and from work and if you have questions drop it in the comments and that will give us fodder to talk about on the next podcast it'll also give us cool ideas some of the comments that we got last time adil this i must ask you so somebody he's a industrial designer and you talked about the ford suv the compact suv that they're making being really cool so he's actually Uh, he wants to tell you that he can sketch it out if you give him proper input so adil you want to take him up on that well l- let me rack my brains again <laughs> and let me go back in time to when i saw that the rashes i will body call communicate that to him you know so we'll get back to you but Now, that's a, such a positive thing it shows that a diverse section of people are uh getting clued into the podcast yes know? yes industry executives enthusiasts yes. and also designers the whole cross section and we and are consumers also, of course and consumers of course. and we are going to keep it real it has to be yeah uh let's start with one of the very very important suvs mm. of 2021 mm. and that's the volkswagen tiguan of course the so volkswagen tiguan also has the sister vehicle the skoda kushak the kushak came before the tiguan both based on the mqb a0 iron platform mm. a platform that has been indianized not cheapened and that's something that we've repeatedly said in our stories it has not been cheapened but it has been indianized primarily to use indian steels in fact one of the things that really surprised me about the polo the vento the rapid that until the end they were using import steels they were not using local indian steel and that obviously would have contributed to it being priced at a premium i think there are two things to look at number one is big companies have uh, supply uh, agreements with a lot of uh, mm. vendors across 
So if they, Volkswagen had already had entered into agreements with the steel sheet suppliers in Europe for this, then I don't think that they would have been able to get away from that. But it's always in the fitness of things that you, when you come to a new market, and let's understand one thing, India is a manufacturing market. Mm. It's not like Britain or it's not like some other countries where it's only screwdriver sort of stuff. Yes, we have got screwdriver assemblies as well here. It's a different thing. But the bulk of the market is a manufacturing market. So you have to look at things that, yes, Tata Steel, Steel Authority of India, these guys are giants in their own right. Mm. And they do make the best steels. So why not, what do you call, uh, look at what's available just adjacent to your plants, you know. And I think it's, uh, sometimes it always, what do you call, uh, foxes me that you have got the solution in front of your eyes and you're looking right through mm -hmm. it. So, fell better late than never for Volkswagen. And uh, I like the thought uh, which they said that it's Indianized. When India can make a rocket to go to the moon, mm. I think that there should not be any hesitation in thinking across we can't make a great car or parts of a car. And I think this is something which needs to be drawn into the mindset of the uh, production engineering guys, the guys who make purchase decisions, etc. That they have to look and the salvation for any car company in the country lies in localization with localized uh, materials which they can uh, machine, hone and then mm -hmm. fit into the car. Mm -hmm. And I think that's evident and Volkswagen maybe has uh, awakened a little bit late, but better late than never. And most important thing, the Tygoon drives very well without being compromised on the handling aspect. Yeah, and the road is, holding aspect, which is so very important. You know, which is the crucial thing that earlier, mm -hmm. we always had this mindset that mm -hmm. if somebody says that something has been Indianized, mm -hmm. that would primarily mean that it has been cheapened. Yes. Costs would have been taken out either from the crash structure or from the equipment or from the engines or from the transmission, but cost would have been juiced out of the vehicle. But here, there is no real space that you can say that, oh, they've cut costs here. Okay, that uh, the roof lining, that's mm. something that we've pointed out repeatedly, but that is going to be done by Feb, March at the latest. In fact, the Slavia and whatever the mm. Volkswagen saloon is going to be called, mm. that will have it sorted out. But apart from that, and maybe the air convents, there is no real visible sign of cost cutting. And drum brakes at the rear. Okay, that is the most visible area yes, where yes. the costs have been cut. But otherwise, nothing really. Honestly speaking, I think the Tygoon is a, what do you call, harbinger of what we can expect more and more of from Volkswagen in India. And uh, if you care to think about it, when Volkswagen first came into India, and you looked at the interiors of the cars, they were all black, dark and mm. dreary. Mm. Not to say that the craftsmanship was not, it was there. Mm. But we are... Uh, much more outgoing nation, a very sunny disposition of mm. towards life and whatnot. And to have that didn't gel well. When you learn from these, and these are nuances which are very different in Europe, black works very well for, and it, it has worked well historically. In India, that doesn't mm. gel, gel well. So Volkswagen has understood it cannot be too rigid. Mm. It has to strike that fine balance between being European and yet being relevant to the market needs mm. in India mm. without compromising what made Volkswagen a Volkswagen. Yeah, which is what made Volkswagen a Volkswagen. Mm. It is the way it drives and the Tygoon, it just drives so well. It right now is the best ride and handling package in the midsize SUV segment. Of course, it is slightly smaller mm. than the Creta and the Seltos, but to drive, it just puts such a wide smile in your face. And plus, it gives you great ride quality also. Uh, Shirish, one thing which I've uh, not failed to understand many a time, why do we need seven-seater SUVs? Mm. To be honest mm. with you. Mm. Uh, at the end of the day, even the fat cats who have the big uh, X5s and the M-classes mm. and whatnot, they still normally have two or three people only in mm. the car. Mm. Mm. So I'm saying across over there, for a family needs, what the Taigoon package offers is just spot on. Mm. I fail to understand a Creta and an Alcazar. Mm. 
a harrier mm. and a safari in mm. that sort of sense yes they are relevant they are mm. but do you need to make everything seven seats mm. or six seats mm. i don't think so mm. i think you need to what you call start okay it's there's that maturity which you need in the market plus also a certain panic in the minds of the marketing guys hey oh, we don't have a seven seater mm. in our mm. portfolio so let's ram in something mm. that way mm. well uh, it is both offense and defense there but you have to understand and the uh, tigun package is proportioned just perfect for india yeah. I think it should have been a little wider so you could actually see 3 in comfort at the back right now 2 are very comfortable 3 not so but then again it's very rare that you have five people True. packed into a car and what folks are going to have told us is that this MQB A0 platform this is the widest it can go this is also the longest wheelbase that it can have so this is it this is the maximum size that you are going I, to get I I think we are going to get uh, we are going to ration the market given the amount or the lack of A real estate on a roads mm. you need to have a very compact footprint mm. so that's where i think that uh, the greens the ill informed mm. always educated illiterate politician mm. <laughs> always wants to penalize cars which look big mm. it's a different thing that the politician himself mm. uses a big car mm. to mm. show that he is important so i think for whatever purpose and reason as uh, more and more of our car buying public gets uh, really clued into how mobility in cities in towns mm. i'm not worried more about what we do between cities travel there but in cities uh, road uh, roads are getting chock a block so you require compact cars mm. and that stands true even for the suvs yeah so adil has no problem with the tigon size and the packaging we also have to speak about the kushak now you also have to say that this is now not the volkswagen group in india but it is the skoda volkswagen group in india skoda are in the driver seat and the reason for that is because skoda are more nimble in fact the mqb a0 platform has been given to skoda to develop further for in markets such as us for mm. developing markets whereas volkswagen now is focusing on their whole electrification strategy so is skoda being in the driver seat for india is actually a good thing because we will get all the future developments on this platform very quickly skoda more agile skoda understands developing markets being a check brand without losing out on the volkswagenness because after all it is a parent it's a what daughter son to the main mother brand so the kushak that was the first that came and you ask me i think the kushak looks really cool really young vibrant Very the vibrant. colors that uh, the kushak comes in the red that orange it looks really striking a lot of people have a thing that the two spoke steering wheel they don't really like it i think it looks cool but what's your opinion no, on the, it i think it's again it's something that everyone thinks the three spoke steering wheel is but the whole world uh got together and started driving on a two spoke steering mm. wheel mm. for years and years and for at least three or a half of four generations of indian motors ran the premium uh, the fiat 11 and the premium padmini mm. with a two spoke steering mm. Mm. so okay let's not what you call decry that sometimes and if you think about it there were the frenchies who had got a single, single spoke, spoke. <laughs> so maybe then you it doesn't matter across those as long as it is perfect it works etc and that's a design element okay mm. you need to be throw in some design thing for with skoda i have no issues on that front i still only hope and wish that when they deliver a car to a consumer the consumer need not pay the service guys a visit within the first week mm. that is fundamental mm. and i've seen a lot of kushak owners go back mm. very quickly quicker mm. than Uh, when they went to put in the money and buy the car mm-hmm. this is something which they have to avoid how do they do this they when they have got such a hold on so much of development and all that why do they leave these small bits to chance especially when skoda has that baggage mm. from the past so even if it's a small problem it just becomes mm. it mushrooms into a big you know so that is something that uh, i think now it has been sorted out in fact the whole epc we learned of it because of what happened with the kushak but i think that is all now behind them and uh, now they are looking forward to the slavia in fact they have plans to sell 3 and 1/2 thousand between Can the I slavia can i just interject here yeah. shrish you know uh, in uh, some years ago 
the consumers minds were where you know i'll not buy a indian car or i'll not buy mm. a brand new car mm. till about 6 8 months have gone so yeah. by that time i'm understanding now can we throw that thing back why is a foreign manufacturer an mm. mnc mm. having this sort of thought process linked to mm. them like that so i think many indian consumers need to reevaluate this thought process also you will not find much happening with the tata car or a mahindra car now like that mm. but mm. then you are seeing this sort of thing happen yeah. so it is just that the wheel is turning full circle for the wrong reason <laughs> we used to say you know that uh, tata mahindra yeah. uh, royal enfield yes. they do their last 5 10% of r&d on customers uh, first customers uh, looks like everybody is doing it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, you can paint everybody with sure. the same brush mm-hmm. so that's the tigon and the kushak hmm. people have asked us this question should we buy the tigon or the kushak and honestly the only answer can be if you like the styling of one go for it or if you have a dealership closer to you go true, for that true, otherwise true. what other reason is there to recommend a tigon over a kushak or vice versa i i think it's a very personal mm. uh, situation here you know what you like uh, how subjective is styling for you mm. and how let me tell you the interiors of both cars are good but the volkswagen thing is really subtly classy you know mm-hmm. it's really great in that sort of mm-hmm. and i think that uh, someone told me last week or something that they have got what carplay comes on uh, wirelessly wirelessly yes yeah. for me fundamentally that is a yeah. big i'm not much of a guy but having too many gizmos and mm-hmm. but getting carplay there yeah. i think it's a very very and it's stops me from carrying ungainly cables or putting ungainly cables here and there so in that sort of thing this is a good sign hmm. which needs to be repeated and uh, for, and others to be inspired by and adopt you know yeah. so all good practices should be there like that yeah. Of course, we also have to say that the Kushak does have the same CarPlay, the wireless yeah, yeah, CarPlay. Yeah. So the connectivity, infotainment, all that is the same. The Tigon, at least Volkswagen, what they've done well is that they've positioned the 1.5 as the GT. I like that GT so, moniker there. Uh, so that's a cool thing. Mm. I think this year Skoda will see because we have. talked about it and they might bring a monte carlo version for their 1.5 monte carlo on skoda obviously comes from the monte carlo rally the legendary monte carlo rally so hopefully we'll see something there maybe we'll even see some motorsport from skoda considering they have a very strong rallying heritage as i see it uh, if uh, volkswagen has mandated skoda to spearhead all development etc in india and the volkswagen racing a uh, story is probably the biggest success for the uh, company in india over mm. a- anything what they have done i think it's a good thing if they transfer this thing of the F- volkswagen cups the polo vento cups etc and going to say maybe a skoda cup yeah yeah and the basic stuff is already there mm. the people are there the infrastructure is there the thought is there mm. the mm. expertise is there it's only a question of brand engineering there on the logos and what not but yes i think it will be very good and uh, i think indian rallying can benefit quite a lot from that so like you had the polo cup yes, vento cup yes. for racing yeah. you have a skoda kusha cup for true. rallying correct the rallying community will benefit and honestly speaking the enthusiasm for rallying is there okay the promoters have screwed up the fmsci they haven't really done a stellar job but enthusiasm is still so strong so if we have a skoda cup and skoda internationally also they are not there in the wrc they are there in the wrc 2 so they are there to develop young drivers to give them that boost that intermediate step before they eventually can or if they make it to the wrc they can do the same thing here in india and I think the Kushak will make for a great rally car. The 1 liter engine is great. The 1.5 engine is even nicer. It rides well, handles well. The platform, torsionally, it is more rigid than the Polo. And the Polo, when I rallied it, I used to keep saying that the shell is so rigid that it just, yeah, yeah. you know, it Correct. just adds to the handling. With the small 1.6 Polo, hmm. we could beat the faster 2 liter Cedias, and that was just purely on the basis of handling. So there is a lot of potential. Skoda if you're listening you better listen well <laughs> <laughs> but do get into motorsport because it will just do a lot for the brand i think more than anything else skoda needs to what do you call make its uh, products have that quintessential joy of everything across of them you must get 
people to experience joy. Mm. Up till now, I have not seen any of the German brands try to express the joy of driving. Mm. I'm not talking pleasure or thrill of driving. A joy of driving for the masses. Can we do that? Can someone do that? Can someone do that? So that's on the mm. Tiger and the Kushak. Mm. We move on to the Alcazar, which you briefly pointed out that you couldn't see the point between the Creta and the Alcazar. I know a few guys who bought the Alcazar and they don't really want the seventh, the seventh seat or the third row, but they want that additional boot space. True. So that third row is always folded down and they've got a bigger boot. So that is a good thing. Though, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes right? sense. Though ultimately the Alcazar didn't really floor us like the Creta has done in the past. Yeah, there's a small price penalty you pay for going bigger up the line without really getting so much more which you thought about mm -hmm. it, you know. So, yes, it again, like I said, this is exactly which boggles the mind as to why those seven-seater versions coming through. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a stopgap. It is a question of the, I think, the Innova phenomenon. Mm. So, the Innova MPV uh, manufacturer said, let's have a SUV to what you call mm -hmm. have seven mm -hmm. seats and mm -hmm. Take the fight to the Innova. Mm -hmm. They'll never win the fight that mm -hmm. way with the Innova. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that sort of a sense, it certainly defeats the purpose across over there. See the big Toyota, Amazons and whatnot, they have uh, uh, two spare seats at the back which fold down flat mm -hmm. and whatnot. But those, again, they're also, they are used in a cinch, not mm -hmm. regularly. Yeah. Here you have, you don't have these cars uh, with the seats which are you. They have proper seats, mm -hmm. but you don't have the headroom, you don't yeah. have the elbow room. Your knees are knees in your so, nose. So that's what I'm saying. So in that sort of sense, unless and until it's a groundbreaking uh, interior packaging, which mm. a seven-seater SUV has, these sort of things really speaking don't uh, make or uh, get me so over ecstatic about these things, you know. Uh, one thing we have to point about the Alcazar is that mm. it's not just a longer crater, like how the Safari yes, is a longer yes, area. Yes. Here, the wheelbase is bigger. So they have gone through the effort of re-engineering the platform. They got bigger doors on it. So all of that is there. But ultimately, it doesn't drive as well as the crater. I probably think that the wheels are a little too big for the Creta to handle and the ride is a bit too stiff because over there people want more comfort. This is, if you, you want to drive, exactly. you'll drive a Creta, right? Exactly. So you need to focus on the comfort. And I think that is something that Kia have noticed. They've taken feedback from Alcazar owners and the Absolutely. Karens, mm. their MPV, and they're clearly talking about this as an MPV. They are not saying that this is a seven-seater SUV. I, I think that's a, that's a really smart thought process. So what happens is you're not painted by the same brush when you're looking at the thing. The Karens look smashing. Mm. And in that sort of a sense, when you look at it, a flanking strategy really works to great effect on a, from a marketing and a messaging perspective. So Kia, I always thought Kia was always the smarter one of the <laughs> two. Not for anything, no, I'm not saying Hyundai is not smart. But these guys have the asset which is Hyundai mm. to learn from mm. and they're using it to the hilt. Yeah, so Karen's obviously not a 2021 vehicle. This yeah. is something that we're going to be driving yeah. very soon. In very fact, soon. we're driving next it on week. the 24th. So mm. by, by the time we do the next podcast, we'll probably have True. driven it. It looks great. And one thing I want to point out is that even when they unveiled the cars, it had smaller wheels on it. So that means that Kia, they're thinking smartly. They're focusing on ride comfort and an MPV is about ride comfort. Suresh, uh, many a times I've seen people... Uh, they go larger wheels, mm. but they don't go with the aspect ratio which the larger wheel requires for India. And uh, many a time I've seen my own Tata Hexa. Mm. It's got the probably the best ride handling package of any cars even till today. And it really ran well on the 19-inch wheels. Mm. So what I'm saying is, you need to make a very well-qualified uh, engineering solution mm. to the bigger wheel package. Mm. Mm. Not just bigger wheels to enhance the show, but it has to go, the show has to go with uh, with the go as yeah, well. Yeah. So that is where I feel the balance is required across. Uh, have you had any tire issues with your Hexa? Because not lot at, of Hexa not at all. so many problems. Not a single puncture to date. Not a uh, single puncture. Sorry. And uh, I have done almost about 
फाइव एंड हाफ ईयर्स नाउ विद द कार नॉट अ सिंगल सिंगल एलिमेंट विच हैज गिवन मी एक्सेप्टिंग फॉर रेगुलर सर्विसिंग एज मैंडेटेड द कार इज जस्ट परफॉर्म देक्सा इज प्रोबेबली वन ऑफ दोज unsung stories right they absolutely they did a really good job with it i think they positioned it wrong against the krista they should have positioned it more as a lifestyle absolutely. product or something absolutely. like that i would have done well absolutely no again like i said there was that hesitation in the minds of the and one more thing as i see it tata motors has gone through a series of changes in the marketing sense they were under cost pressures from the top to start showing profits etc everything and the same amount of people were burdened quite a lot into making decisions so the bigger decisions was a volume number of volume cars so the hexa got stepmotherly treatment or didn't get the nurturing it deserved mm-hmm. trust me the uh, hexa owners group which is there mm. is mind blowing in uh, an effusive in its praise uh, i have a friend who bought the hexa the same time with me He has done ninety-five thousand kilometers with the car, excepting for a, a set of tires which has changed and a battery. Mm. Nothing has been changed on the car. It's unbelievable. So, but it's the, true. Unbelievable, yeah. but true. Yeah. So that's the hexa for you. Uh, next on our list, we have the MG Aster. Now we drove the Aster at the BIC hmm. on the race track. Uh, I don't know why we are driving hmm. a mid-size SUV on a race track because there's okay, but we could push it. We could talk to you a little bit about the handling, and then we drove it on the interior roads. We didn't drive it on public roads, True. so our verdict can't be hundred percent qualified. But okay, ninety-five percent is there. What we thought about the Aster was, in terms of the packaging, very nice, good in terms of ride, handling, the engine, little rough, being a three-cylinder, but it had performance. It was good. The gearbox was good. Interior packaging was very nice, especially the way the dash was put together. It looked very premium. In fact, this is a proper MG. This is not a rebadged vehicle from a low-cost brand brought into India. This is a proper MG, and that's something to look forward to. Yeah, the thing is that I, if it's pure MG, I'm all for it. But I always have that nagging feeling in my mind that behind the MG badge is all China. Mm. So, and where China comes in, uh, I grow horns <laughs> for the simple reason not to take away anything from MG, so to speak, in that sort of sense. But what MG India has done is they have managed to, in the face of so much turmoil which we have experienced with our northern neighbor they have managed to hide or not let the chinese originality come to the fore mm. and made it a triumph of the britishness of the badge mm. and that i think for both i'm not cannot say a gullible public but for both aware and unaware consumers i think that has really helped across it would not have helped if the cars were not good mm. in the same breath i would the aster it represents all what is very good about how they have done it again what i mentioned about the tygoon mm. with the compactness the aster also comes yes. in that same vein i also see that uh, it is not overly garish mm. otherwise that large big mg logo i think the biggest amongst all cars <laughs> in the country so in that sort of sense and all that yes yes styling is still subjective i would have loved mm. to see uh a little bit more europeanized styling mm. i think this is a styling which is a mismatch of certain japanese certain korean and mm. infinite infinitesimal early chinese thing so it's a mismatch of that they will need to what you call the design language will uh, definitely come across but the aster is a good package worthy of having a second look Yeah, so Aster, good package, worthy of having a second look. Also, for whatever volumes and numbers they brought down, they were sold out for what two three months as soon as they announced yeah, prices. Yeah, yeah. Also, we have to mention autonomous features. Aster, True. No, the first ADAS car in first India. First ADAS car. Uh, it has those in its eyes. in its in its category. In its category. In its yeah. category. Not the first, but in its yeah. category. Yeah. Uh, it has those eyes, so you can say, "Hey, MG," and you know, tell me what the weather is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, read out a joke. All of those. And those eyes looking at you don't even look creepy. They actually are quite endearing and yeah, first, cool first, touch. First, I thought it was gimmicky and whatnot, mm-hmm. but given the fact that I drive to Bombay and back at least once a week. Mm. in my car 
and I can only listen to music so much. So mm-hmm. if I've got a banter going on, <laughs> I think in that sort of sense, it does help across right. over there. AI will probably have to evolve to keep up banter with you, Adil. So I think there's some <laughs> way to go. <laughs> right. But it's a start. It's a start. Somebody has to start somewhere. Great. Great. <laughs> uh, from the Aster, moving to what I think was one of the most impressive cars, vehicles, period, launched in 2021. Obviously, the 7.00. Absolutely. And uh, I remember when I was doing my book, Timeless Mahindra, uh, about a year and a half before the launch of this thing. And I'd seen the prototypes there at MRV. And they had really opened up the thing for me to write the book and whatnot. So I was privy to a lot of things. At that time itself, when I saw that it had the XUE 5.00 had grown bigger, etc. And this is how it had evolved. When the first BMW X5 came in, it was so compact mm. that today X5 and the original X5 we see is chalk and cheese. Yeah. What the X3 is today is actually is, bigger is, than the very is, first is X5. bigger than the X5. Yeah. So what I'm saying, so in that sort of sense, in when we saw that thing and it was evolving, the engineering work was done, testing. Again, let me uh, say one more thing. Mahindra in a couple of people there think very, very well. And they said that, yes, we are going to offer more from the basic XUV 500 package. Need not say that we have got a next generation XUV 500. Mm. We are going bigger. And at that time, they had shared the thing about the car having uh, the XUV 700 moniker, not the 500. Mm. Mm. And I think that, yes, there's so much more which has uh, been packed into it. And I'm saying not just about uh, equipment. I'm talking about the basic configuration of the car, the basic engineering of the car, the platform, the engines, every sort of uh, area they had looked into and improved, enhanced, etc. So I think, excepting the styling in the front end. I still think the styling looks okay. Uh, And especially the DRL signature. It uh, actually cuts a good shape, but then again, styling is personal. What is not personal is the engineering that has gone into it. Now, no. the fact that they actually benchmarked the body in white stiffness against the Skoda Kodiak, the big Skoda, and Skoda's Volkswagen Group vehicles true, true. all handle Absolutely. very well. They've improved on the torsional rigidity of the Skoda, of the Skoda Kodiak. They've actually given it a proper five-link rear axle, not your regular torsion beam, which even the Safari, the the Harrier, all of those have. This is the only one to have proper independent rear suspension with a control blade to make sure that everything is rigid, tracks true and straight. They've got second generation Kony FSD dampers on it. The compass was the first one with FSD dampers. It's still running Gen 1. This has got Gen 2 FSD dampers. And the results are brilliant ride as well as brilliant handling. There's a key thing uh, which you have to, uh, what do you call, factor into this. Why have they done all this thing? Of course, it's a great evolutionary step Mm -hmm. and a logical step going forward. You have to understand they make the best two-liter engines in the business in Mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. The diesel is already proven rugged, uh, absolutely bulletproof. Mm. But that didn't bomb my mind, the petrol Mm. 2-litre. When you look at that, and uh, I had a friend's uh, BMW 320 with me, and we both compared the engines over a... The XUV 700 was consistently outperforming that BMW, which I think is a big thing. I'm not saying in absolute terms and all that, but the fact that it could run and always have its nose ahead is a very, very big thing. And honestly, anyone who has driven the XUV 700, the way we drive spiritedly at mm. times, you can see that the more spirited is your driving inputs, the more the engine rewards mm. you. And I think that is a very, very big statement in the Indian automotive scene here. Yeah. This is a direct injection turbocharged petrol engine. GDI. In terms of equipment, this is the and the spec is as highly spec as anything you would get correct. anywhere in the correct. world. Correct. There correct. is nothing lacking to anything that you would get. So this in terms of engineering, done completely in-house at MRV in Chennai by a bunch of really enthusiastic engineers to see what Indian R&D is actually capable of. We are capable of really great. Like I said, 
across the give our guys a chance mm. damn it mm. don't be so circumspect and mm. our guys are capable what it is this uh, east india uh, company syndrome which dogs many minds in this country we are born followers mm. come on guys we have a 1.3 billion people on this planet which are indians mm. we can't find leaders mm. we need to lead here mm. if mahindra is doing it wonderful we need more mahindras then definitely i completely agree mm. with you the 700 we did a lot of stuff with it we did the mega 24 hour speed endurance records in the night we actually averaged 200 kilometers per hour average speed laps absolutely which was phenomenal and you got to remember this is a seven seater so going back to what uh, you're talking uh, like, about five uh, seat seven uh, seat no I, i told you <laughs> it was the fastest brick on four wheels yes. so to for it to move that well is phenomenal both the petrol as well yeah, as the diesel both the manual as well as the automatic we ran four xuvs and all ran brilliantly all beat the records all of them so phenomenal vehicle only downside to it is that you cannot get it if you book it now you're not going to get it before what at least a year and a half but the tragedy is that this is something which is not of mahindra's own mm. making mm. it's a question that covid china i don't know why i keep on mm. going back to china <laughs> and what not but they have completely changed the way we mm. live operate and and so the paradigm of buying a car has also changed mm. uh, i heard about the rolls royce uh, guy saying uh, covid has told everyone in the world that you got to live so you make a better make the most of what time mm. you have on, mm. that's the reason they have seen spurt in sales and mm. what not the same thing applies here as well but The question is, Rolls Royce sells five thousand cars in a year, five thousand mm. plus little. The <laughs> volume for the XUV seven double O is twenty times that yeah, yeah, a year, yeah. and uh, Rolls Royce can use the might of the BMW purchasing strategy and whatnot, and the might that mm. Mahindra's can also. But unfortunately, with this new found thing where one country has got the world by its uh literally where it hurts where it hurts well so you need to what you call look at that you cannot what you call just put all your eggs in one basket mm. in the far east or up north so mahindra and almost the global industry has suffered because of a lack of chips i also heard one other uh, high ranking uh, executive of company tell me that uh, once covid set in and all the product planning planners uh, reduced the offtake and they made revise their plans what happened is again the chip industry veered on to saying that because it at home work from home uh, entertain from home etc everything shifted to computers phones tablets so those playstation mobile so everything the production chip and then they did not expect the car industry to bounce mm, back mm. so there was this mismatch as well well we are going through those pangs but yes the paradigm of buying a car in india has changed you cannot have the money today go and put in your money and say i want the car as of yesterday mm, mm. you'll have to wait for at least 6 to 8 months yeah, yeah. that and is the underlying uh fact uh, you'll have to reconcile with and factor it in. and that is across across that's across. not just mahindra that is that's across. across and also for bikes also many bikes, bikes as well yeah because bikes with abs they also true, true, have true, a lot true. of need for these chips yeah. so that was the 700 one of the standouts uh the kia seltos x line i don't know what we're going to talk about because that was basically a lipstick job with bigger wheels and that was that and it's kind of disappointing because when kia came in they said that they're going to have a new car every year and 2021 they did not have they also they, they also had the brakes put on them with all this turmoil with hmm. in the market in the mines and what not life as we know it had virtually come one or two months the industry didn't even have a 0% grew in fact we degrew zero sales also zero sales also yeah. so in that sort of sense i think we cannot take those uh, 2021 mm. or even a um, part of 2020 into account we have to start off in 2022 is where we should look at rebuilding and getting back to the top end so know. they will be back in jan itself with Absolutely. the current so that was the x line for you hmm. the mahindra bolero neo uh, this to me was uh, 
was a surprise in the way it rode over poor roads, in the way it handled, and in the way that this was something that you could actually call an SUV. Now, a lot of our viewers, especially on social media, every time we say something is an SUV, they come back at us with full vehemence saying that this is not a bloody SUV. Which is a fact, because these are all car platforms that have been jacked up. Whereas but the this, Bolero this, Neo is a proper SUV. True. Again, like I said, uh, uh, even the XUV 700, uh, the engine layout is an east-west location, it's front-wheel drive. Mm. And uh, they have a so-called all-wheel drive version which yes. they will offer. But that doesn't still make it into that pure SUV category. Mm. The Bolero Neo could have been that, mm, you know. Mm. I think they missed that one vital aspect in that. And uh, care to think about it, the car, apart from its front end, has got the basis that it manages this uh, transition from the Mahindra Legacy CJ3B sort of vehicle to a certain degree of modernity. So this is that bridge model compared to anything else mm. Mahindra has done. Mm. And it came in with great surface finishing, the interior design. design. Everything and honestly speaking for such a car in such a category, mm. those interiors put many cars of a class or two higher to shame. Mm. So in that sort of sense, I think Mahindra's could have what you call, again, I don't see them driving home the message of how good the car is. Hmm, hmm. So this that is a great SUV, yeah. compact SUV, but probably not pushed as much as I think. I think, I think here Mahindra is suffering from plenty. Hmm. It has got the Thar. Huge run, waiting list. Huge waiting list. Then it's got the XUV 700. Mighty waiting list. <laughs> and they don't know, they are hard pressed, they are still addressing those two waiting lists. <laughs> they don't know what to do. But that this requires as much of a push as those other guys. Do you think the Neo needs four wheel drive? I don't think. I think if I can, Neo can get a larger engine, it will be brilliant. Yeah, that's one thing that we can It's brilliant. That, uh, the no, engine, it's, it's it runs out of juice it, very yeah, quickly. It's adequate for the purpose across over there, but more is always better in this mm, case. Mm. And I say, don't go two liters, mm. but you could go 1500, uh, from 1500 to 1800 or something that way. You need a little bit more of a punchier engine. This actually reminds me, and veering off topic mm. on the engine, mm. the Marazzo is the biggest problem of the Marazzo the size of the engine? Yes. No, but more than that, I think there also, Marazzo again, I don't understand why Mahindra did not uh, speak about it as a pure based MPV. Mm. They again, that infatuation of everything has to be SUV. See, what happens is you had the Quanto, the KUV 100, absolute duds. Absolute duds. We're not holding back? <laughs> no, it's not a question of holding. Yeah. They, Mahindra also knows that thing, knows that thing. And the uh, Marazzo was, when it was uh, revealed uh, at the Detroit Motor Show, mm. in a corner of the Mahindra stand, the, mm. everyone forgot about all the other Jeep-based things which they were doing. And they went then, the journalists, they said the, the real... Uh, star for Mahindra was a Marazzo there. Mm. I think Mahindra's did not, again, like I said, you need to nurture a product. They didn't nurture mm. this product mm. well. Because this could have been a strong then, rival to the Innova. No, the, I, again, yes. There are two things which uh, went against it as I see it. The engine was a little anemic or it was not geared well or tuned well in that. Second thing was, they skimped on the ride of the Marazzo. Especially the people who sat at the back. Mm. In a Innova, the right place to sit is definitely the middle seats. In the Marazzo, there was a thing where they had not got the balance correct, where car used to pitch quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was a engineering, a dynamic function which they could have what you call tuned and what. They left it too late there. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, yes, uh, there's a conundrum in the minds of the people there. When you make an FC, uh, MPV, it has to carry seven people, mm. least, mm. if not ten. Mm. Uh, the Innova crams and all that stuff across, for the taxi trade and whatnot. But even for a new breed of 
family uh, oriented car owners the marazzo made lot of sense but it did not give the right quality mm. which it delivered mm-hmm. uh, i remember one thing across over there uh, the person who prints my books jack printers in bombay he is a hardcore travel nut and he with his uh, family guys they made a trip to the himalayas from bombay they had a hexa and they had two innova cristas and parsi families three cars and in each car there were six people or five people by the time they reached delhi everyone only wanted to be in the hexa mm-hmm. over the cristas mm-hmm. it was a telling mm-hmm. statement across over there you know mm-hmm. same thing that's the reason why i said the marazzo needed that ride that handling aspect mm-hmm. uh, to be spot on so that the ride didn't suffer Mm. Do you think Mahindra will revamp the Marazzo for they 2022? Should. They should because that's a great package. Everything is there. Mm. It requires just that final tweaking of understanding that it's not an SUV but it's an MPV and it requires a different application of uh, handling and ride, you know. Yeah, which I think now their engineers know mm. how to sort out ride and handling. Evident from the seven double. Shrish, the it's not the engineers which are at problems. The problems are many a time the product planners, the product managers <laughs> who suddenly want to what you call they look at within their own company. Oh, what is the Thar guy doing? What's the issue? <laughs> so they they need to have a focus at why the Marathi should sell. <laughs> they should not look at anything else like that. <laughs> as far as fundamentally the car has to be concerned. Okay so product planners uh, <laughs> watch out <laughs> <laughs> and i am on your side guys <laughs> uh, we have the tata safari of course that was not new but we had the gold edition mm-hmm. the adventure person actually sorry the tata safari was new yes. it was 2021 uh, I think we've experienced it so much that we think that it has been some time ago or the brand the, 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 the name the exactly the harrier is a great car again they rushed it into production very quickly before ironing out all its uh, niggling faults and what not the safari benefited from that mm-hmm. and then they rammed home this thing that you are trying to revive a brand name in a very uh, simplistic sort of manner mm. i think that went against it in many minds mm. more than anything else mm. and uh, the safari is a brand name which has got so much brand strength mm, mm. it is honestly speaking after the uh, when you talk about when their you know, tata estate and the tata sierra came out the mm. sierra was a quintessential modern indian estate yes after that the safari took over and that yeah. imprinted on the indian psyche to have a badge engineered slightly uh, lengthened harrier mm. did not strike the right chords mm-hmm. car runs good yeah. everything is good a lot of great stuff inside that thing mm. but again like i said look at the tumble down middle seats mm. in the car mm. they should think about doing tumbling down in the right manner and mm-hmm. so these sort of small shortcomings is where tata motors needs to up its act yeah uh, with the safari also hmm. do you think that if it had all wheel drive or four wheel drive would it have been a more genuine safari absolutely that's where the basic ethos of the saf- uh, safari nameplate lay uh, do you think that they will do a all wheel drive safari i hope so okay. i i literally I sincerely hope so because uh, yes numbers will be less hmm. but guys you have to think across of the image as a what do you call uh, top of the line model that halo of that has to transcend down to mm, that mm. you're not giving yourself a chance to put a halo on yourself mm, mm, yeah. that is exactly uh, what i'm saying of course that will need significant reengineering because that would mean the entire rear suspension would have to be changed right now it is a torsion beam they would have to go to a independent rear setup so that will cost time uh, money again the, uh, again that, the front end is also because of the way the engine is laid out mm, and what not mm. so what i'm saying is uh these it's uh cheaper to do an all new platform mm. than to re-engineer mm-hmm. a existing platform in that sort that's why i always maintain plan well mm. right at the concept stage plan well don't think across over only about how you can save money on the manufacturing i'm and i'm not saying you shouldn't save money on the manufacturing side by 
smart thinking rather than value engineering which uh, many companies were prone to do before so i think you need to plan very very well question every decision you take mm. whether it comes from the top or from the bottom or the however experienced uh, r and d guy is there or someone but if someone asks a stupid question don't dis- uh, what do you call un- make the guy understand question may be stupid but hey if a consumer asks that then it doesn't mm, become stupid mm. at all yeah true uh, the safari it also had the gold edition with more bling on it more bling outside inside but a good thing was that it had cool seats for the yeah, captain seats in the middle so that was a good thing yes because if you're sitting at the back why should the guys only in the front have cool seats correct that that's a, that is a very positive thought process there mm. the fat cats will sit there yeah is <laughs> so that but again like i said here is why is this line of thought not appearing in many more areas mm. of the car mm. that is exactly where tata motors yeah. needs to up its game you know yeah uh, but tata motors have up their game oh, the revival of tata motors in 2021 was one of the highlights definitely and i think right now they are number 2 in the monthly sales figures so that's a great turnaround for the brand i, I think i think that as an indian i am i can puff my chest out mm-hmm. and say yeah yes that is good and it's not just me alone there are many mm-hmm. who what do you call feel that with there's a groundswell of real nationalistic fervor when you see an indian brand tata or a mahindra or a royal enfield doing well, doing well. Yeah. it's it's a it cuts across yeah. everything else you know so in that sort of sense and why should the indian brands not do well mm-hmm. My, but they will only do well if they are good Hmm. they have to be good and there's nothing stopping them from yeah, being yeah. good what i'm saying is there'll be no excuses for no, it not exactly, being as good as exactly. an mnc uh shrish there was a thing where i remember uh we had this one uh, person in the industry who told me my cars i'll be very happy that my car should fail one week after the warranty runs out <laughs> and that man came from a very big company and he said that thing across so if you are engineering your cars in the indian mm. psyche when you saw across over there derogatorily you used to speak are banya is mm. what you call handling that so wo aisa karega i'm said get away from that the, mm. this is a big capital investment for a family when mm. they buy a car mm. you cannot have this sort of a thought process rule the roost uh but conversely the mncs have a little bit more of the planned obsolescence built into their cars mm-hmm. so even if our indian manufacturers can match those mncs in that planned obsolescence mm-hmm. that uh, period i think will be very well off yeah we should be and to round up the mm-hmm. suvs of 2021 we have the dark edition harrier and we have the dark edition nexon ev uh okay nothing new in the harrier dark edition i i i, I, I said one thing when it was speaking out volkswagen and what not with the dark rear interior i don't like dark uh, we are not I, jokers I, here we are not in a batman movie <laughs> but yes some guys narcissistic guys definitely do so i'm not de- okay adil i won't call myself narcissistic but i actually think that dark edition harrier looks bitching <laughs> good, for looks good. good for you good for you good for you <laughs> so the harrier dark edition uh, divides opinion hmm. adil says no i say yeah go for yeah, it man see what i'm saying is as long as it divides opinion it polarizes opinion in a positive manner i think that's good yeah. because it at least the car is being looked at as a prime consideration a car worth of consideration hmm. which is something where i remember uh when you had mike parik as uh, in tata motors when he came from mal and he uh, told me at that time ke we they had a issue where tata motors were never in the top 3 uh, list in a consumer's mind when mm. it came to uh, on the shopping came, list on the shopping list he said my first thing is not to be top i want to be in the uh, top 3 mm. today you cannot say that these guys are not in they are very much in the yeah, top 3 yeah. and they're in contention in their categories to being the number 1 there on so, merit on merit so i think that's a very very positive development mine played a big uh, role there 
so this is something which I feel is very important. And what Tata Motors have done really well hmm. is with the Nexon EV. Today, I think you got a six-month waiting period on the Nexon EV. I, it is doing really well. I think that uh, if anything you wanted to see, we talked about flanking strategies so many times. Look at what uh, Raji Bajaj did against Hero Honda. He hammered him, did everything from Bajaj Auto to get across to the fillet, shattered, forgetive mm. uh, brigade, but he could not make mm. headway. Mm. Thank God he understood that quickly and he said, let's outflank them. The Pulsar came in and mm. Pulsar just completely rewrote the uh, whole chapter on yeah. Or not reroad, it established a chapter yeah, on yeah, sporty yeah, bikes. Yeah. And that has become a sizable segment. So Tata Motors also thought across of the flanking strategy. We'll keep on doing our things in the bread and butter stuff, but let's also be early movers in electrification. I feel that here they should have been joined by Mahindras, but Mahindras who were first early movers mm, there, mm. they did not do that. But I think that uh, as they go forward and whatnot, the next range of cars which will come up from both the manufacturers, they will have a sizable presence both with electrified vehicles as well as with the IC vehicles, engine vehicles. So I think it's good and I'm happy that these two manufacturers have not discarded and not made big um, outlandish statement out with IC mm -hmm. and in with. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of pragmatism and I think that's very good. And also the investments they've got for the electric division now have freed up funds to actually go and develop the petrol engine that Tata Motors is really lacking. Shirish, I don't understand why they didn't do the petrol engine, number one. Number two, first and foremost, even if they do a petrol engine, we have seen how modularity works. Mm -hmm. The uh, Volkswagen Group is a success in how they've used the modularity of their engine uh, families mm. to really spawn so many things. And I think that Tata Motors, I've said it in the last podcast also, that 1.2 petrol engine, mm. it could have been modular to have been scaled up to 1.4, 1.5, 1.6. Mm. 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 And that would have served it so superbly well, rather than being rigid and invest only in that sort of sense. Mm. They are paying the price that... What little they saved then is going to cost them quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So you need to plan your engine family for the long term with everything in mind. Whether you can go up the cubic capacity range or you can go a little bit low. How much sophistication you require. Are you doing it from, from a power perspective or from a torque perspective. Mm -hmm. So all those things. And... Uh, I was amazed that Tata engineer, the ERC has got to be the finest in automotive R&D in the country. They forgot that or were there pressures from the bean counters. Mm. So there's quite a lot which I know, which I can't speak, I can't reveal. But the fact of the matter is someone needed to be strong in at the helm of the management to say, let's take the right decisions. Right. So... We have to wrap up now. We've actually gone over our time. But I want to put you on the spot, okay? What you said right now, ERC being the finest Indian engineering R&D setup. Is ERC still the finest Indian R&D setup or is MRV on par ahead? I think on par and on uh, petrol engines, MRV has got its nose ahead. So MRV and ERC on par and something that we as Indians, as Indian automotive enthusiasts can be really proud of. Yeah, one thing I must tell you across over there, before any of these uh, uh, mandatory uh, legislation came in on crash tests, on sound and whatnot, Telco or Tata Motors had already invested that when even yeah. they were not needed. Yeah, yeah. And they, they were, crash tested they, the Safari, the very first Safari. Yeah, absolutely. So they have got... You go and look at the anechoic chamber where I saw it in uh, at Pimpri in Tata Motors facility 20 years ago mm. when there was no need for it. Yes. So what I'm saying is, yes, that and the crash testing thing, even the ARI started what you call uh, uh, getting other manufacturers' cars at the Tata Motors uh, crash mm. test facility to validate them. Mm. Mm. And they use the Tata Motors expertise in the crash testing thing to set up the test facilities for ERA. Mm. So I think, and as I've always uh, said, the font for the best engineers 
in the Indian automotive industry was Telco, as Startup Motors was known as. And that still continues to a great extent today. The shameful thing is, or the sorry state is, those same cater of people have not been able to gel well to deliver great cars earlier. Mm. Over the last seven, eight years, they have done really great. I just wish that one, that lost decade of 2002 onwards till about 2012, mm. that decade they blundered mightily in that front. Yeah, so that's all that we have for this edition of the Thrill of Driving podcast. If you enjoy what you've watched or what you've listened, give us a thumbs up, share this podcast with like-minded enthusiasts. And next week, we will be back with more SUVs. But this time, we're going to be talking about premium SUVs. Uh, cars like the Q5, the Tiguan, the XC60, all of those that really stood out for us in 2021. And if you have any other topics that you think that Bossman Adil and I should talk about, drop it in the comments and we will take it up. Adil, thank Wonderful. you once again for being on the podcast and see you next week. Absolutely. Let's do that. Thank you guys for watching or listening.